Welcome to Right Royal Roundup with Carolyn Cash. The show that keeps you updated with what's happening in the world of royalty, from the British royal family through to the aristocracy and current events from around the royal world. Hello, and welcome to Right Royal Roundup with Carolyn Cash. Coming up on today's show, we were there among all the excitement of the royal visit when the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge arrived at the Sydney Opera House on Wednesday the 16th of April. On Right Royal Roundup, time now for a British Royal Family Update. News and views from Buckingham Palace. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and baby Prince George arrived at Sydney Airport on Wednesday the 16th of April aboard a Royal Australian Air Force jet. They were met on arrival by Governor-General Sir Peter Cosgrove, Prime Minister Tony Abbott and New South Wales Governor Murray Bashir. Premier Barry O'Farrell was not present as he had resigned earlier that day. I caught up with a few people who were waiting to see the royal couple, including this little girl who shares the Queen's actual birthday on Monday the 21st of April. Dear Princess Kate, Prince William and baby Prince George, Welcome to Australia. We hope you enjoy your stay and have fun exploring Australia. Love your fan, Georgia, XX, smiley face star. P.S. I was born on the Queen's birthday. People came from far and wide to see the Duke and Duchess. And you're here to see the royal couple? Yes, I am. I love them. And I just want to be able to tell them how much I adore them and how cute their baby is, Prince George. Have you come far today? I travelled out from Penrith, so I left about 8 o'clock this morning and caught a train. Ouch. Yes. <laughs> and it was definitely worth travelling in? Yes, definitely worth, and it's definitely going to be worth the wait to wait for them as well. ...of government with other governments around the world, you know, look, like e- look at Egypt and this kind of thing, and because there's checks and balances on the powers, it brings stability and therefore peace and security and you know we don't have the conflicts like other countries have so that's what's so good about the constitutional monarchy system of government and it's a a christian based system yes let's hope it remains that way yes thank you close but nowadays we know that it's very popular nowadays which is a relief you know yeah yes even though the republicans keep saying oh people are in favor of republic yeah it's definitely not true because um Look at the reception they're getting, look at what people are saying in polls and stuff going to the, some polls about the monarchy that it's, it's been as popular as it's ever been, if not more, you know? Yeah, especially with the arrival of Prince George. So have you seen Prince George yet? Um, on, in, on TV, yeah, but um, never live. I'd love to see him live, but... Yes, well, I believe he, um, people had the chance when they were in Wellington last week. Yeah, I saw that um, people were very excited and... New Zealand is, as well as also a very keen monarch country and yeah, as the two countries together we seem to really enjoy it, yeah. And also in New Zealand there's um, Republican rumbles over there, do you think the Republicans have got any more of a chance over there than they have here? Well there's always talk of Republic everywhere you go but I guess I mean, it's going to be 
definitely a lot lower support for Republic after the Royal Family visit. Yeah, it's going to be a lot lower, but they'll always be talking no matter where you go about the Republic, yeah. They are, because there seem to be a lot of people. And from what I've heard, little snippets of conversation, they've been here since 8.30, 9 o'clock this morning, okay. come from all over. I heard somebody just now from the Central Coast and... Um, with someone from Windsor so it's really great it's a wonderful atmosphere and the excitement is mounting <laughs> it sure is and you'd definitely say there's thousands of people here I think so would you Roger would you say there are thousands of people here what would you estimate um, almost too many to count I'm Karen from southwestern suburbs of Sydney and we're here to see the Prince and Princess. Oh, how exciting. Well, they're on their way. They've already landed at Mascot Airport. Oh, lovely. We're having a wonderful time and we're waiting for them to arrive. Can't wait. <laughs> yes, it's the Duchess's first visit to Australia. Yeah. One lady missing William and Kate when she was in New Zealand. I'm Kylie and I'm from New Zealand. I've travelled all the way over just to see them you didn't and join my friends. You didn't see them at while, sorry, in New no, Zealand? No, unfortunately not, no. Oh, what a bummer. So you're hoping to see them today? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Here's our coverage of the Duke and Duchess arriving at the Sydney Opera House. And Murray Bashir, Governor of New South Wales, has finally arrived with Sir Nicholas Shahidi. So not long now. There's Sir Nicholas. Governor Murray Bashir, she is wearing her bright red dress today. And we have the helicopter flying overhead, so not long now. Yes, and we've got someone else arriving now. And we've got crowds everywhere as we're this lovely day in Sydney Harbour as we're waiting for the Duchess and the Duke of Cambridge to arrive. Yep, so we've just got a car pulling up right now. We have the royal standard on the front of the white car and Prince William and Kate have stepped out of the vehicle. And we're here at Sydney Opera House. The Duchess is greeting Murray Bashir. Prince William's also meeting Murray Bashir as well. And this is just so exciting. This is the first royal coverage we've ever had. No sign of Prince George yet, but people are asking. Unfortunately, there's no sign of baby George. And the Duchess and Prince William climbing the stairs. Uh, no sign of Premier Barry O'Farrell. We're just wondering where he is today, seeing he's resigned. Yep, and they're waving. But we've got this great spot from near the coffee shop. He's very tall, isn't he? He sure is. We've got a helicopter flying overhead, so we've got lots and lots of security here. And we've got the crowds, that heaps of people, thousands of people from where I can stand, about five or six deep. And lots of cheers and waves and lots of flags waving for the royal couple.
and because William and Kate will be attending a reception uh, hosted by Governor Murray Bashir. On Friday, the Duke and Duchess will be attending the Royal Easter Show, possibly with Prince George, visiting sick children at Manly's Bear Cottage and watching Lifesavers in action on Manly Beach. On Thursday, the royal couple travelled to the Blue Mountains to visit residents affected by last October's bushfires and to visit Echo Point at Katoomba. Visit Right Royal Roundup on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Right Royal Roundup. Or you can check out our website, rightroyalroundup.com.au. In New Zealand, the Duke and Duchess paid their respects to the war dead at Blenheim and met many people. Some stood on balconies to see the royal couple and a few schoolchildren even climbed a tree. People brought gifts for little Prince George, including some handmade items. The Duchess was given a friendship bracelet by a little boy, which she wore during the visit. The Duke and Duchess also visited the Amarca Aviation Heritage Centre, where Prince William climbed into an old British biplane. Prince William was asked whether he wanted to sit in a German Fokker triplane, the same type of aircraft flown by the war's greatest fighter of ace, Manfred von Richthofen, also known as the Red Baron, but he declined, saying he wasn't getting into a German plane. Prince William also unveiled a new portrait of the Queen at Government House in Wellington by artist Nick Cuttle. The Queen wears a blue dress and the New Zealand silver fern brooch, which she has lent to the Duchess of Cambridge during her visit. The Duchess was seen wearing it when she arrived in Wellington on the first day of the royal tour. Your Excellencies, Prime Minister, Mrs. Key, Chief Justice and Mr. Fletcher, members of the House of Representatives, ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Your Excellency, thank you for your kind words and for welcoming us all here to Government House. Thank you also for hosting Catherine, George and me during our time in New Zealand. I hope that George doesn't keep you up. He has been known to be particularly vocal at 3am. And I swear I heard him doing the haka this morning. He's a bonny lad, and you'll be pleased to know that he's currently preparing for life to pop forward. I cannot tell you all how happy I am to be back here in God's own country, as I have learned to call it, and this time with my wife and son. When I returned to New Zealand for the first time as an adult in 2005, I came mainly to watch the All Blacks against the British and Irish Lions, the best way to be introduced to the sports-passionate nation. In subsequent visits, my affection and admiration for New Zealand has only deepened. In 2011, in Christchurch, your country underwent its worst crisis in modern history. I had the chance to witness just how stoically and selflessly people of Christchurch responded to the appalling tragedy. Next week, Catherine and I will have the chance to see how the city is coming back to life. On this visit, I have no doubt that it will be Catherine, and not just me, who falls for New Zealand. The qualities that New Zealanders share in common with one another, warm-heartedness, generosity, neighbourliness, openness, an instinctive sense of justice and freedom, to name just a few, are qualities that I suspect, given your modesty, 
you may take for granted. But they are qualities for which New Zealanders admire the world over. One of the things that I think we all value about New Zealand is the integrity of its institutions. The foundation of New Zealand's government is represented in this very room by a portrait of Queen Victoria, during whose reign the Treaty of Waitangi was signed, laying the foundations for today's great nation. At the heart of New Zealand's democracy is its parliament, represented here today. A parliament that has continued to assemble without interruption since 1854, unbroken by war, civil disturbance, or political upheaval. Within this tradition of continuity, New Zealand repeatedly demonstrates its progressiveness. I know, for example, that it's a matter of great pride to New Zealanders that this was the first country in the world to give women the vote. <laughs> New Zealand's ability to innovate reaches beyond politics into commerce, industry, and quality of life. The list of inventions and technical and medical breakthroughs far outstrip New Zealand's relatively small population. New Zealand should be rightly proud of its enviable history of blending continuity and innovation. Yet you combine all this with one of the most beautiful and varied landscapes in the world, and some first-class wine as well. <laughs> New Zealand truly is a very special place. On a personal level, on visits such as this, I'm reminded time and time again of New Zealanders' deep affection for the Queen, who in 2012 celebrated her Diamond Jubilee year. This evening, I have the privilege of unveiling a new portrait of Her Majesty, commissioned by the New Zealand Portrait Gallery and painted by young New Zealand artist Nick Cuthill, who is with us this evening. I hope that I'm not giving away any secrets before the portrait is unveiled if I say that Her Majesty is portrayed wearing a silver fern brooch, which provides a simple but clear reminder of Her Majesty's deep affection for the people of New Zealand. It now gives me and Catherine great pleasure to unveil this portrait of Her Majesty the Queen of New Zealand. Kia ora, Dato Katoa. However, Prince William called New Zealand God's own country, but then again, he hasn't visited the Sutherland Shire. Of course, a royal visit would not be complete without some Republicans staging a protest. This time, they took to the air with a banner over Auckland. However, pregnancy rumours and media speculation started again after Cynthia Dean presented the Duke with a lace shawl she had made for Prince George when the royal couple visited Cambridge. Prince William said she might need to make another one soon. However, the Duchess tasted some wine and rode on the shot-over jet boat at Queenstown, which has squashed those pregnancy rumours for the time being. The Duke and Duchess also visited Christchurch, where they visited the CTV Memorial Gardens, dedicated to victims of the earthquake in 2011. They also visited the city centre, which has been partially rebuilt, and met people who were injured during the earthquake and met victims' relatives. The royal couple also played cricket, with the Duchess wearing high heels as part of the 2015 Cricket World Cup event. Afterwards, they visited the Air Force Museum at Wigram for lunch, and on Wednesday morning, they visited Wellington City Centre and the Royal New Zealand Police College before flying to Australia. To keep up to date with the Royal Visit in Australia, follow us on Twitter at Right Royal Round or on our Facebook page. The official hashtag for William, Kate and Prince George's Royal Tour Down Under is hash Royal Visit Oz. 
for any royal information heard on today's show, check us out at rightroyalroundup.com.au. Margareta of Denmark celebrated her 74th birthday on Wednesday the 16th of April. Queen Margareta was born in 1940 at Amalienborg Palace, the eldest daughter of Frederick IX and Queen Ingrid. Queen Margareta celebrated her birthday with the rest of the royal family in Copenhagen. Welcome to Right Royal Roundup with Carolyn Cash. Now crossing live to the throne. Last week we mentioned Australia Post had released two commemorative stamps to celebrate Queen Elizabeth's 88th birthday on Monday the 21st of April. However, Royal Mail in Britain have also released a set of 10 stamps featuring Buckingham Palace after the Queen gave her stamp of approval. On Right Royal Roundup, we now go back in time for some Right Royal Regal History. Historic royal palaces bring the glorious Georges to life at Hampton Court, Kensington and Kew Palaces to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Hanoverian accession. A series of events and entertainments will be held from now until the 30th of November to bring the Georgian era and its colourful characters to life, including those notorious family feuds. George I arrived in England with two women, but not his queen whom he imprisoned for adultery. George II and Queen Caroline presided over a court where writers, philosophers, politicians and the fashionable people vied for power. George III is best known for his madness and for losing the American colonies, but he also supported farming and innovation. George IV was extravagant and he married Caroline of Brunswick to provide an heir. The marriage was not a success as he tried to divorce her. Google Historic Royal Palaces and click on The Glorious Georges or the link is on our webpage for Podcast 6. That's all we have for this week. Thanks for joining us and we look forward to your company next week. You've been listening to Right Royal Roundup with Carolyn Cash. Tune in next week for more of the latest royal news from around the world. And don't forget to like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Right Royal Roundup or visit our website, rightroyalroundup.com.au.